Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From one ear to another, this is a Max Creative production. Like many of you listeners, I'm always glued to the telly when I'm a celeb is on. I was even lucky enough to be part of the woodwork back in the day for five series. So it's a real treat to speak to someone who's been on the inside and understands. Jordan North, what a legend. In the less glamorous version of I'm a Celeb in Wales last year, in the castle, Jordan stole the nation's hearts with his happy place mantra and ode to Burnley FC football ground, Turf Moor. It was great to chat with Jordan about his experience on the show and, of course, all things podcasts, including his own Help I Sexted My Boss with etiquette expert William Hansen. Jordan's choices include football feminism, The Chris Moyle Show and Radio Moments. Full of laughter. I really enjoyed this one and I hope you guys enjoy listening. Let's get Castaway with Jordan North. Jordan North, welcome to Castaway. Thank you very much for having me. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. You've you've got me at a good moment, actually. So at the time of recording, it's Friday. I've just finished <laughs> my radio show, and like this is usually when I'm in my best mood because I've had I've had a pretty good show today. I think so. I'm like I'm buzzing a bit. I'm like, yeah, it's Friday. I can have a drink in the next That's couple of good hours. I can't imagine you in a bad mood. The public will know you from I'm a celebrity, and even when you're facing the worst situation, you still seem <laughs> like the happiest, most optimistic person. I can't imagine a bad day, Jordan. Yeah, do you know what? A few people say that to me, but then people closest to me are like, oh, you should see him in the morning. Oh, you should see him when he's hangry. He's a right bitch when he's not eating. Uh, and I'm like, great. yeah, that's me. It's good. So you've eaten. You've eaten now before this. So that's that's always very important. Yeah, I've eaten. I've had a glass of milk as well because I'm still a 10-year-old boy at heart. <laughs> you, hold on. The glass of milk thing, that, that is like, that is that something that you do? Is that like a little ritual in Jordan North's daily regime yeah i pretty much have a glass of milk every day since i was a kid like you seen when i I, in the castle my final feast was angel delight and (laughs) corned beef ash which by the way i was told was probably one of the cheapest final feasts they've ever had in the history of the show (laughs) cheap days (laughs) exactly so yeah i had something to eat before and then i had a a couple of biscuits with a glass of milk (laughs) my little brother does that he is in his 20s but he loves his glass of milk as well so don't be ashamed there are worse things that you could be consuming so Good. fair play to you uh, we've got two professional talkers here on the show today so we've lots to talk about but I just first of all like this this podcast is all about storytelling and we're going to talk about podcasts and your list of recommendations but I want to kind of ask you speaking of that glass of milk and those kid-like parts of your daily life have you always loved stories did you kind of grow up in a house where you told stories or talked a lot yeah, so I was one of four boys and there's always a lot of noise and sometimes <laughs> you had to be the loudest to get heard and I always remember we all used to talk and we all used to show off and we all used to try and get our mum and dad's attention. I remember doing impressions of our neighbours near us and stuff like that with mum and dad and 
Yeah, I've always loved stories and storytelling. I've always been a big reader as well, believe it or not. So when all my brothers were like playing Xbox and PlayStation, I'd be in the corner reading like some Rogue Doll book or those uh, Lemony Snicket ones or Harry Potter. So yeah, I've always loved stories, to be fair. And you know, you grew up in a house where like all these boys and you kind of had to be the loudest. Were you the loudest in the house? No, definitely not. Absolutely not. And I suppose I'm quite different to my other three brothers. Mm-hmm. And we've all got the same group of friends. So like my best friends are friends with them. And they all say to me, I don't know how you're on the radio because you are not the funniest. And friends that keep you grounded. Don't you? They was like, you are not the funniest and you and you're certainly not the best out of them all. I'm like, yep, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> it's funny because I remember getting that. I know you're in Radio One, really cool station. I remember when I started out in MTV and like Jordan, I was such a nerd in school. Like and I didn't I was really <laughs> quiet. And I remember my friends going how the hell did you end up doing that? Same, same. That's the thing. Everyone thinks when you're on MTV and you're on Radio 1 that you must have been a really cool kid. And no. I'm not. I used to have, there used to be a lad in my year I used to really look up to and he used to listen to like Red Hot Chili Peppers mm-hmm. and all these new bands that were coming out at the time and he was like proper into it. And I just used to be like obsessed with Peter Kay and tape him on the telly when he was on Jonathan Ross or something yeah, like he's that. Cool now, to be fair. <laughs> I used to go and see Bewitched. Do you remember them, Say La Vie? Oh, yes. Yeah. The denim days. I, what is it? I mean, people say I look like me da. Is there you go. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never forget. I was doing the dance moves to Bewitched with our Kirsty and our Adele. And my dad ran. <laughs> my, dad, <laughs> my dad ran his lunch break. And he'd come in. And we were doing dance moves. He went, what are you doing? I went, doing dance moves to Bewitched. He's like, go and play football with the rest of your brothers. And I was like... <laughs> No, some great moves there, which has stood better to you, those dance moves, except we can't go anywhere at the moment. But I have to say, you know, it's been a really tough year for so many people. You've had a good year. Yeah, yeah, I suppose you could say that, definitely. Yeah, it's had its ups and downs. There's been massive yeah. ups. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think the start of lockdown, like, and I listen to loads of podcasts, we'll talk about that, but so many people are like, yeah, I needed this. I was really busy. I just come off tour with a podcast that I do. So like the first two or three weeks, I was loving it. I watched lots of TV, read a few books. And then after about four or five weeks, just work started drying up. And then we was on a rotation at Radio One. So was, I was on every three weeks. And like, for me, I love to work and I need a focus. So I struggled then. And then in September, Radio One said to me, do you want to do full weekends? So I now do Friday, Saturday, Sundays. I was like, yep, yeah, buzzing. And then in October, we got a call from ITV saying, do you want to do I'm a Celebrity? Hold on, do like, you only find out in October? Because I never know like how far, I've worked on that show before and I never, they never tell you anything when you're working on it because it's so secretive. Um, and I never yeah. know how far in advance people get told, how much planning. Obviously, last year was a little bit different because you couldn't fly to Australia. You went to mm. exotic Wales. But yeah, was it, was it quite a last minute thing? It was for me, and I've talked about this before, and I don't know if I meant to, but (laughs) anyway, (laughs) we were talking to him in the summer, and we had a couple of meetings with them, and the guys from ITV, and then I got a call from the agent who's like, it's not going to happen this year, maybe next year. I was like, yeah, fine. I can focus on the show. I've only just started this new show on Radio 1, totally fine. Mm -hmm. And then I got a call a couple of weeks later saying, okay, for whatever reason, they want you to do it now. And I just said to me, and my agent rung me at six in the morning, I said, ring me back in an hour, I'm going to go for a run. So I went for a run, he rung me back and I said, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then put the phone down now before I change my mind. And here we are. Because <laughs> <laughs> it did seem, I think, in the first episode, I was like, oh, no, I don't think you know what you've let yourself in for. 
Yeah, definitely. Like, maybe it's Laura, like, you didn't have much time to think about it. That's the thing. I didn't have much time to think about it. And honestly, like, I didn't have a game plan, but I did mm. think, and there's always someone you know as well, because you've worked on the show. There's always someone who avoids the trials. And I thought I could maybe do an eating trial. And I'm I'm not that bad with bugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't, I don't like them on me by any means, but I could cope with them. And yeah, then they're not snakes it, or rats. They're not snakes or rats or heights. And then even in my naivety, with me being sick on the edge of that cliff, I thought, Bless you. oh, well, people might feel sorry for me. But yeah. That, yeah. No, no, they're like, let's get him to do more things. <laughs> let's make him suffer. I love the public, love them. Don't you just, don't you just. <laughs> and when I was at the top of that cliff, because I think a few people have said it, and a, a lot of people that I work with and close friends and family, a few people thought, is he playing on this? And Vernon said to me recently, he said, I thought you were just playing up to cameras at the top of that cliff. And then when you were sick, I was like, oh, no, shit. This, you can't this, guy, that. <laughs> this guy is scared of everything. So, yeah. Oh, what a, what an experience. Well, you came up against some, I mean, big struggles and situations that the average person wouldn't normally have to go up against in their daily life. I, I want to talk about your podcast because you, this is a brilliant, hilarious podcast a lot of people will be familiar with. You're talking about daily struggles of modern life. So not quite as extreme as climbing down mountains and having to be, you know, buried alive in a box with snakes. Um, I want to talk about Help, I Sexted My Boss because it, it's hugely successful. I think it's on its seventh series, started in 2018. You do it with William, your pal. Tell me a little bit about how this started because I think the last year, and you mentioned that there, you know, people are falling in love with podcasts and people want stories, but you, you've been doing this for a few years now. Yeah, so William and I are very good friends and we shouldn't be. We really shouldn't be. We're very He's, different. We're very different. He's an etiquette expert. First which, of all, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, I, can we just talk about that as a job title? Like, I, I love oh. that. Like, I love when he teaches, what do you want to do when you're older? I want to be an etiquette expert. Well, this is the thing. He's an etiquette expert. He's a 31-year-old man in a 60-year-old lady's body, definitely. <laughs> we first met. When I was working at Five Live, I was uh, on work experience for Tony Livesey's show. Great station. We love yes. Tony. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was on work experience and he was a guest. And even then at 21, he was claiming to be the UK's leading etiquette expert. he <laughs> <laughs> like anyway, three-year-olds? That's what I want to know. Well, this is the thing at the time. I thought he, he was like 30-odd then, like in yeah. his early 30s. And he was like married to a librarian or something like this. Anyway, I made him a cup of tea in a chip mug, which he, he made a comment on. We were polite to each other and I thought I'll never see him again. A couple of weeks later, the housemates that I lived with was having a 2012 Olympic party. That's how old I am. And <laughs> he was a guest. He went to uni with my housemate. I was like, oh, you again. We got chatting and all he did all night was just take the mick out of me. And I thought he's the funniest guy I've ever known. So we've been friends for years. He's an etiquette coach. He teaches etiquette all around the world to royal families. You can often see him on, you know, all the daytime TV shows. He does that as well. And then a mate of ours said, you should do a podcast. Were you into podcasts like, yourself then? Were you listening to podcasts? Were you familiar with, because I remember like two or three years ago, a few of my friends didn't even know what a podcast was or how to listen to it. I wasn't, if I'm honest. Yeah. I wasn't. I was like, I just left local radio to try and crack it at Radio 1. Mm-hmm. So I was out of work and thought, oh, it could be fun. And podcasts, I don't know if you remember, they had a big surge in like 2008, nine, And then they kind of went off a cliff a bit. And then everybody started talking about, my dad wrote a poem, oh, 
And then everybody was like, all of a sudden listening to this and another podcast. But no, we'd not heard it at the time. So we did it in 2014, thinking we'd do a series or two. And we've done seven series. Two sold out tours are about to go on a third, but hoping it can go ahead. And honestly, it's it's after Radio One, it's the thing I'm. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna pick me up on that. Um, after Radio One, it's like the thing I'm most proud of mm-hmm. outside. What I'm trying to say is, outside of Radio One, it's the thing I'm love most it. proud so, of. The bosses of Radio One are listening. <laughs> they're they're going to know you love your job very much, and you're very happy to be continuing doing it. And I just love it. And we're chalking cheese and we're yeah. completely different characters. And oh my God, like even the bonus episode that's gone out today, we laugh from start to finish. We we get silly. People write in with the most like out there dilemmas and problems and we act as agony ants and we get drunk whilst we do it. We drink uh, a cocktail that I'd never heard of until 2014. He went, darling, I'm going to introduce a cocktail to you. That's William. And... Um, it's called gin and de bonnet and it was yeah. the queen mother's favorite drink mm-hmm. so it's just it's just like quadruple shots a double shot of gin and one part i love, gin, I love that, her fav- that was her favorite one get the extra Ugh. alcohol in there the queen mother knew honestly laura it gets you hammered and i just love doing the podcast and we like i said we've taken it on tour and we started out as just our friends listening to it yeah because we both lived in manchester then and since then it, it's, it's kind of got a bigger audience and we just it keeps growing every year and just so proud of it let's talk about those dilemmas obviously it's help i sexed my boss which is real life problem for lots of people or sexing the wrong person it does all sorts there what has been this is a hard question to answer because there's probably been so many like what has been the most bizarre because you've got seven series out of it so far like again we're talking about the british public they (laughs) they are giving you lots of food for thought okay at the top three, there was two that was on this on a recent episode. They yes. both came in at the same time. The the weirdest dilemma we had was a guy who caught his housemate penetrating a melon. Yeah, it's like it's, it's pretty much like the apple pie thing, isn't it? So, yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, and imagine yeah. if you've had a few drinks, you're with that mate who all just looking at them, they make you laugh. So you're with that mate who you get the giggles with anyway. So you're trying to help this guy out. Oh, like what do you what do you say? Like what? I, I remember Laura just being totally lost for words on that one. I was like, I don't know what I can say here. I don't know what advice I can give. I usually let William pick up there. Well, first of all, it's not very good etiquette. No, it's not. Is it? No, not. that w- no. melon should be used for other things. <laughs> yeah, but, Breakfast, and, brunch. Yeah. And just, I'll, I'll just say, if you listen, give it a listen because, it, you know, he's campus Christmas and we're totally different, but we're yeah. best friends. Our final question has come in on email to help at sexwithmyboss.com and it is from Richard Pipkins. Dear William, Jordan and producer Ben. What a great name, Richard Pipkins. I hope you can help me with my problem. The other day I was walking up the stairs to my bedroom and past my housemate's room, no apostrophe. His door was open so I looked inside and saw him. There's... oh my god. There's no easy way to describe this. He was penetrating a melon. What the... Shut the... (laughs) I have two issues with this. Are you winding me up? No, I'm reading what what is... Right, let's get this straight. His his housemate was shagging a melon with the door open. Yeah. Yeah. I have two issues with this. I have been trying to stay healthy during lockdown 
and have been enjoying the melons in the kitchen on a bi-weekly basis. Oh, God. Have have I eaten contaminated fruit? What's going on? Two. He didn't see me notice him performing the act, so I'm now unsure how to approach this with him in a way that won't make living together impossible. Any help would be greatly appreciated. I understand lockdown has been boring for everyone, and we all have our urges, but soiled fruit is not acceptable. Kind regards, Richard Pipkins. Uh, Wow. (laughs) And the other two weird dilemmas we've had is uh, a guy recently called in to say that he's been wearing his wife's underwear and he wants to... Uh, start venturing on the outside and we were like okay i know if that's the weirdest it's twenty. do you feel a responsibility though do you feel like it's quite a lot of responsibility to give advice isn't it yeah sometimes wrong advice like, or offend someone that's the thing you're worried about saying the wrong thing and you know this this guy who wears his his other half's underwear it's like it's 2021 what goes on behind closed doors you crack on and then we had the weird one this week it was a guy who fancied his twin brother's boyfriend and that was <laughs> yeah, and it's just like but then we have funny ones like my cat ain't my condom and what do I do kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> it's just honestly I have so much fun doing it and I do it with my two pals William <laughs> and Ben who produces it and yeah it's just fun I don't think you're gonna be ending it anytime soon I feel like you've got a lot of content to come from many more series yeah, well, the thing is, last year, we, we thought we'd do another series. And we started two weeks before lockdown, and then we just carried on doing it in lockdown. So I think we did. We went from March till September, which is the longest run we've ever done. But our, our listeners, we call them our G&Divas because they drink G&D. Mm-hmm. They just wanted more. So we were like, right, let's crack on. Let's do it. And there's something lovely in, you know, in a world where the news is so negative and... There's so much pressure and anxiety. Something like this. It is like, you know, when I've listened to it, you have a giggle and they're real life problems. <laughs> they like, yeah. you know, they're really, you don't, you're living with a man who is penetrating a um, melon. It, it is a real life problem. <laughs> but it's just, it's a lovely, warm show to listen to and yeah. um, needed and needed. Oh, thank you. Like I said, I, I love doing it and it's sometimes escapism. We get a bit squiffy. I mean, I hate, I I don't know about you, but I hate listening back to it because I'm still not used to listening back to myself. And I just get really loud and do this horrific cackle when I've had a drink. I'm like, is that what I'm like in pub? Am I that bad? I didn't know I had an Irish accent. I didn't know I sounded like this. (laughs) When you do stuff in Ireland amongst your friends, it's when you you have other accents. You're like, do I actually sound like that? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's frightening. (laughs) Um, the show is called Help I Sexted My Boss there's seven series there hilarious stuff how do people kind of send in their stuff how many like from the first series to now like how many letters emails texts are you getting in with um, people's dilemmas when we first started I think we had to put tweets out asking saying I'm starting this new podcast have we got any dilemmas that kind of thing but now we've just apparently we've got like a big stack we get so we encourage people to email us to tweet us to DM us or to send letters in and a lot of our Gene Divas, a lot of the listeners write letters in because William promises a handwritten reply on his oh, own letter. Oh, I love a letter. Oh, yeah. 
takes time. And he's time. got his own letter-headed paper. Of so course he, he does. Of course he does. wouldn't expect anything else. Of course he does. So we get a lot of letters that way, but people correspond in all different ways, sliding into DMs. Yeah. And yeah, we're, we're trying to get through them. So much fun. You mentioned there, you know, you get some DMs and things. You, you know, the last year, like a lot of people will know you from Radio 1, they'll know you from this podcast. A lot more people know you in the last few months from I'm a Celebrity. How have you coped with the extra DMs happening at the moment, the extra attention? <laughs> it's probably not as much. You probably haven't been out and about the way you would be. You know, normally when you come into the final of a big show like this, there's lots of events and it's, you know, red carpet season. That's not happening at the moment, but you are getting, you are getting attention. Yeah, I mentioned recently that I'm not quite used to, I've had a lot of weird DMs and I just mm-hmm. mentioned it off in passing and I'm not quite used to that. But yeah, it's, do you know what, it's, it's been a bit weird, I'm not like getting recognised and what have you because I'm not really used to that, but it's always nice to speak to people. But yeah, like you say award seasons, I don't, I, I can't imagine me ever going to stuff like that. Do you know what? I'll probably this time next year I'll be opening of an envelope but I'll be like just... you've changed I'll see you at something like you've changed like I'm not even talking to you there in your tuxedo <laughs> look at him going into there but so I don't feel like I'm missing out on much and yeah work's been steady apparently like you said when you come out you are a lot busier but it's been steady and it's just and being on the radio at the weekends keep me like something to look it's forward insane. to and keeping me focused. Yeah, keeping me sane. So yeah, but I went to Tesco just before Christmas. I've said this a few times now. This was weird, and I, I, I didn't put a cap on. Didn't think mm. anything of it. I had my mask on. Got bloody mobbed. I was like, "What's going on here? This is my so, obviously." And then you've got to tell people to stand back, keep the distance. So that was like about four weeks after I got out of the show, maybe earlier actually. And that was so weird. I seen Tesco doing the big shop and people going. <laughs> and then you're like, you're also like, I need to finish the big shop. I'm here for a reason. I can't win. <laughs> but like I said, I'm, like it's always nice to speak to people. Yeah. I'd never be like rude to anyone. Though. No, of course you can't have a picture. Yeah, of course. Which, but it is, it is hard doing a selfie in a pandemic because you like, <laughs> don't get, you feel bad, but you're like, you can't get too close. Yeah. Oh, who even am I talking about getting selfies in Tesco? <laughs> What's happened yeah. to me? Selfies and Tesco's. Look at you. <laughs> You're obviously a podcast lover besides yeah. your podcast. You, you know, you read a lot, you listen to a lot, you love stories and you give me a great list. And I've picked out a few here, which I'd love to talk to you about. Some we've never talked about. This is our fourth series. Some we've never talked about before. So thank you. And we're going to go straight in. We're going to talk about football, but some things you don't think necessarily go together, football, feminism and everything in between. Um, you are obviously a massive football fan. We all know who you support. Yeah. <laughs> it's your happy place for They've actually been doing, I I live with a Liverpool fan, it hasn't been going well at the moment. Yeah, we we beat them a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah, I watched it as well. It was quite painful actually to to be sitting beside a Liverpool fan. Does he sulk like me? If we get beat, I could be in a, it could could ruin a weekend for me. Oh yeah, like my my week has been ruined. (laughs) It's like, why is my (laughs) week ruined? Because you decided to support Liverpool. I was like, weren't they just doing good a while ago? And he's like, don't bring it up. It, it's yeah it's ridiculous did you grow up like in a burnt like obviously in you burning like did you, but do you always grow up in this football kind of house yeah they, like it was drummed into us and my dad was in the army so we lived all over when i used to go on the game with my dad my mum and dad moved to spain now but we used to go on every saturday or every other saturday and if burnley won then they'd always go out for a meal but my mum would say if they got beat she said i'd rather just stay in because she said i can't bear sitting looking at his miserable face all night <laughs> 
<laughs> so she was like, we won't, if they got B, they wouldn't go out for a meal. That's how serious we take it. Um, oh. Yeah, football, feminism and everything in between. So I love this podcast. It's uh, presented by Alistair Campbell and his daughter, Grace. Mm-hmm. And she's very funny. She's a comedian. She's got a book out recently. And you see a side to Alistair Campbell that not many people would see. I think people see him as a bit of a ranter, a bit of a government basher. And mm-hmm. he, But on this podcast, you, you see a different side of him. And he's actually a very intelligent bloke and he loves his football. He's a Burnley fan as well. But his daughter is a, is a feminist and they talk about that. And then they get guests mm-hmm. and they ask them about feminism and how they interpret feminism and it's a really good listen and they had Sean Dyche on the Burnley manager the first ever one they did and they also had Joey Barton on and listen you've got to listen to this episode with Joey Barton because Grace gives him a run for his money he's got his points and you could argue his points are valid but Grace like really holds her own against him and this is a guy again Joey Barton's like really well read and quite Mm -hmm. intelligent from birth, women and men are treated differently. You know, even you said earlier, your, your daughter's she's a girl, she doesn't like football as much. You know, we are sort of assigned roles from very early on in our lives. Yeah. So that, that just is a fact, you know, like women's football isn't taken as seriously as men's football. It's just yeah. a fact, you know. So that's kind of a, an imbalance of... of but again, I disagree with you. I don't think women's football is not taken as seriously by men as women's football is taken by women. Yeah, for sure. But women's football is taken very, very seriously by, by women. girls. Yeah, yeah. 100%, I mean, which is Clark, amazing. Peter Clark, who plays for Rudders, daughters a really good football, and you can see her passion for it. She's enthusiastic about football. But then I guess I it comes back kid. to the fact that football... But she's more enthusiastic about women's football. I've probably for sure, and so am I. I'm yeah. really enthusiastic about women's football, way more than men's, but I guess that comes but back to the fact sport, that... it's a different sport, though, really, in essence, isn't it? Women's football and men's football. There should be... Women's, <clears> women's football should be adjusted for women you know physiologically biologically physiologically we have to accept that men and women are fundamentally different yeah I don't think anyone's saying that they're exactly the same sport I don't think the game needs to be massively adjusted for women well, I but think the I do think the sizes and the goal sizes and the weight of ball yeah I think we've spoken to a lot of women in football and they just disagree with that like I don't think you'll hear as many women saying that I think that's that's the, an opinion of a lot of men in football. Not many women in football. No, are I'm, trying to, I'm trying to talk about it. If, if we're going to wait, make w- women's football better, better as a spectator sport to stand on its own in the marketplace against men's football. If you keep playing on the same size pitch as men, with the same size football as men, by men's rules, you're always going to have an inferior product because men are bigger, stronger, faster than women. That's just biology. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can do about that. If you tailor it, so you bring it, so everything's in proportion, I think women's football could legitimately make a lot of strides, tactically, technically, way beyond its its current limitations because of the physiological output. But then I don't know, because you, I would still argue that like the Women's World Cup made those strides. It's just really interesting, and I love at the end, they ask you, you've got to pick... Uh, you know the uh, typical question of who would you have at the dinner table yeah yeah your favourite dinner guest your fa- yeah so they give you six not five six and three have got to be men and three have got to be women and I just think that's a nice concept to it mm-hmm. and their father and daughter and they've got this really nice relationship it's just a really good listen there's a few standout episodes they did one with Kay Burley as well yeah and they talked about that so yeah 
There's yeah, loads there. There was I think they've had uh, everyone from Josh Widdicombe, Kelly Holmes. Did they have Ed Miliband on as well? And like I think, I, think he, I remember on that one, like he was naming that my dad's a Leeds United um, supporter, bless him. But he can't watch the match. He doesn't watch the matches because he says every time he watches the matches, they lose. He's so, <laughs> so superstitious. So it'll it'll be on, and he'll be sitting somewhere else, like really anxious, <laughs> looking at his phone. Anyway, but I just thought it was really interesting because you know everyone knows Ed Miliband, but he was able to like name all the United managers from the 1970s onwards. He had all this knowledge, and it's just, I don't know. I just you see a different side to people. Yeah. And that's what I love about podcasts as well, because like we all know being on the radio, it's fine and you can get someone on, but you've, you know, you've got a certain time and you know, you've, you just got, bites and yeah. Yeah, you've got your four minutes here or you need to get a song on here. Uh, and, and that's great. And usually on the radio, they're plugging something, but on mm-hmm. a podcast, it's like, this is what we, but I love about it. It's a proper chat. It's a conversation. You're eavesdropping on a conversation and guests really come out their own in podcasts. Like they mm-hmm. really let the guard down, I think. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Speaking of podcasts, uh, the next one I want to talk about is, well, I guess as a radio presenter, you kind of look to the radio presenters that came before you and the legends, one being Chris Moyles. He is on a rival station to you, Radio X. But I want to talk about the Chris Moyles show, which is on every morning and then it's turned into a podcast. And I mean, everyone knows Chris Moyles. Tell me why you've chosen this. And again, it's a random one. In a way, it's not a podcast as we know it. It's, yeah. it's not really a conversation. It's just a clip's of his show best bits from the week and that's pretty much how podcast started especially on radio they were just all all your bits clipped together and then you put it on a podcast on what was like the radio i play and then for the bbc look i I grew up listening to this man Mm -hmm. and i know he can be controversial at times Mm -hmm. and he's not everybody's cup of tea Mm -hmm. but i still think he's one of the best in the game and he's very unique in what he does the fact that he doesn't play any music takes a lot of balls on the radio you know he does talk yeah. for 20 30 minutes on a on a music station and whenever i dip in and out of this and listen to it it just never fails to make me laugh james was talking earlier about the nicknames he has for supermarkets because i guess he's from cumbria and that's just what they do to no. entertain themselves we in shouldn't between judge. eating jam yeah. plenty of people do it i'm with james i call tesco Tezzers. Thank you. Oh. And the co-op I call The Coop. The Coop. <laughs> That's nice. Tezzies and Sainers. Nathan in Boston, yep. I work for Sainsbury's and have never heard anyone call it Sainers. Thank you, Nathan. No. Thank you, Nathan. He works there. That's because you're not from the rough part of Cumbria where James is from. No. I don't think there is a Sainsbury's there. Too rough. No. <laughs> is it? Too rough. Sainos. There's a Sainos. 
but yeah. Have you never heard? Ali says it's Tezzy's and Sano's. Thank you, Ali. Someone else says Morrison's is Murray Boggs. No, it's not Murray Boggs. Murray Boggs. You'll call it that now, won't you? James. That's too far. That's it. Murray Boggs. Yeah. That's no, I like, I like Mozzers. Mozzers is. Mozzers yeah. and Tezzers. Andy Same. Leeds says, we used to call the co-op the Quop. The Quop? C-W-O-P. Oh, okay. The very, very creative in Leeds we are. Yeah. Down here in Portsmouth, they call Asda, Asda's. What the hell is that about, says Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> Chris in Bradford, we call Morrison's Moggies. Tea? Sarah in Leicestershire says uh, Morrison's as Moggos. Mm. Everyone in Middlesbrough calls Asda the Asda. It's so annoying. <laughs> says Andy. It's so annoying as James being from the rough part of Cumbria. Is that like saying the poor part of Windsor? No. <laughs> no. How rude. Ian says we call Marks and Spencer Marks Expensive. It's, that doesn't really work, does it? Yeah. Marks and Sparks, isn't it? Morrison's Moggies. Moggies. What do you call Morrison's? Mozzers. 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 So Mozzers, Tezzes. Yeah, correct. Sanos. Correct. That's it. The Co-op. The Co-op. And Asda. Asda. Right. Yeah. And waitress, you don't go into it. There's people. plenty of people. Look how many people call it Sanos. Always Sanos. Yeah, no, more than that. Five text no. messages come in. Sane Bows. Someone else. What? Sane Bows. Defo Sanos. Am I the only one? Do you know what I call Sainsbury's? Mm. Sainsbury's. Quite right, me too. Do you know what I call the co-op? The co-op. Co-op. Yeah. Yawn. Do you know what I call Asda? <laughs> Asda. Do you know what I call Morrison's? Morrison's. I know. Square. I'm, I can't be on my own. James, are you saying that people who call it by their name are squares? Did you just say that? <laughs> squares. Did you just say that? Yeah. Right. Like I said, everybody remembers the first Radio 1 Breakfast show and he was mine. Mm. And if, I, if I'm honest, he was one of the reasons why I wanted to get into radio because I was obsessed with that show. So, yeah, but you listened to him growing up. Is that what kind of gave you the, the taste for, for radio? Yeah, listen to it. I used to listen to Rock FM, which was a local yeah. station near me, and I was obsessed with the local radio DJs. And I used to go to the like local events, and they'd be there, and I'd ring up. And then round about two thousand and five, six, I started listening, and he was the first show I'd listened to. And then I just he brought me into Radio One, and then I thought I want to do this. And then I, it brought me into the station. So I used to listen to Joe Wiley and mm. Edith Bowman mm. and Scott Mills and Greg James. And, like, Scott and Greg are still on now and, mm. like, I'm friends with him. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's Scott Mills. But this podcast, I, you know, I, I don't get a chance to listen to him much on Radio X because I always think if you're on Radio 1 or Radio 2, you should be listening to that. Isn't that lovely, though? Isn't that lovely to come around full circle? Also, did you turn 30 last year? Was it? Last year, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Chris celebrated his thirtieth anniversary of being on the radio last year. Yeah, so, so basically, like since you were born, you're like the same as his radio career. You are yeah. his radio career. He's been on since '99. But I, I think it's a great podcast, and it's yeah. just a good best bits of his show. And mm-hmm. I still think he's the best in the game. I've not actually properly met him, you know. Oh, he's lovely. He's really lovely. He's really good. I've met him on a few nights out, and I've been on his radio show. And like, I remember the first time I met him, I was a bit intimidated by him because you know mm-hmm. he's Chris Moyles, and he was the warmest, loveliest. I don't know if people want to hear that because sometimes they like to hear the bad stories, but I just love him. Yeah, and. 
I don't know if you remember Alid, who was on the show. Yeah. Who started off as BB Alid. So he's now the boss of radio. He's like, like he's, he's like the boss. The he's, run, he's running Radio 1 now. So I'm like, oh, my God, I used to listen to you. And now he rings and me up you're and the stuff. Boss. He, he came out, actually, when I used to host um, the IGV2 show for I'm a Celebrity. He was one of our panelists once. He um, said that to me. Yeah, really he, came out, he came out and because whoever used to come out used to be our friends because we had no friends. Because <laughs> you're, you're in the middle of nowhere when you're out in Australia similar to Wales and uh, yeah he came out so see Chris Moyles to that and now he's like the head of like yeah BBC Radio yeah definitely give it a listen just like if you're not heard him for years just he still sounds good he still does in my book he's great now speaking of another legend Chris Evans but this is a podcast how to wow tell me about this oh my god this is honestly this is so good I don't know why he's not done a podcast sooner and I think he only started it in September, October. And already he's released about, he's probably done about 30 or 40 episodes. And what I gather with Chris Evans is when he's into summer, he's into it. And he's like, pow, pow, pow. And he's he's like a toddler that runs around a room. And and my housemate told me about this. And he said, you've got to listen to this. It's good. And as I was packing for the castle, I was... Look, can I just, that sentence is amazing. As I was packing for the castle. (laughs) you know what I mean? If you told your younger self, that would be something that you'd say in a podcast. Oh, look, God, who am I? So when I was getting ready to go away to Wales, <laughs> there you go. I put it on and I still think now to the day that the first episode he did with Bryony Gordon is the mm. best one. So she's uh, okay. a journalist yeah, and she talks about her alcoholism. And it's just them chatting for about an hour and a half. And it's so good. I think he's one of the best interviewers going at the moment. And you, you know Chris Evans for like this big energetic breakfast show that he did on Radio 2 and now he does it on Virgin. But he's a great interviewer. And his energy in this podcast is just great. And he gets people on and he lets them talk and he asks the best questions. And I just, I think he's, a really good interviewer and he's had so he did another really good episode and basically he's got Richard Osmond on there and Richard Osmond's like and I'm a I'm a TV and radio geek and he's yeah. like talking about how to pitch TV shows and I'm listening to this I'm writing notes down in my phone going <laughs> oh like, that's how you do it because he's basically said there's no new idea I've been because he, he worked for Endemol for years didn't he, he was like I've done this yeah. for years yeah. trust me and it's just he gets the best out of him and his energy is infectious and I know I know people that have worked with him and that's a big thing when he's on the radio and I think he transports that into a podcast is you've got to sound like you're having the best time in the world. You've got to be enjoying it to still do it. Uh, one thing that we mentioned there, you know, when you're on a podcast, you see a different side to people, like who you're interviewing. You just, they're a little bit more relaxed. Also, I think it's lovely to see someone like like Chris Evans, who we know from the radio, high energy, you know, I grew up watching him on telly and especially quick shows to do a podcast where there's a little bit more space. I do feel like there's a little bit of a, he's still Chris Evans and we all know and love, but I don't know. I do feel like a podcast is still a different domain for him. Definitely. And I I think he's finding his feet with it, but I also think he's really excited by it and he's really into it and he's just releasing episodes every I think he's doing two a week at some points, but I just hope he doesn't get bored of it. I can't keep up with him. There's that many, but definitely like, listen. Waking up early, set your alarm at 6am just to listen to him. <laughs> just to podcast. listen to him. But yeah, listen to the Brainy Gordon one. She talks yeah. so openly about her struggle with alcoholism and how she didn't realise she was an alcoholic and she's like how she used to embarrass herself on nights out and stuff. And you just listen to it and you're like, wow. We talk about rock bottoms a lot in sobriety and 
I remember when I went to <laughs> treatment, I remember the person saying to me, that the, the therapist saying to me, addiction is a lift going down, right? So you can choose to get off whenever you want, but if you get back on, <laughs> you will go further down. And it was interesting because the, the, I, I decided to stop drinking after a night out uh, almost three years ago now. And it wasn't any worse particularly than any of my other nights that I'd had. Um, but it was, I just, I think I was like hollowed out by self-loathing. I just couldn't do it anymore. So, you know, on a very, on a sort of get down to the nuts and bolts, I had that August, 2017, I had had like, I tried to get sober before. Um, I'd, I'd run a marathon, my first marathon in April, 2017. And I, I'd sort of done that to, to prove to myself that I could stop drinking. I was like, that this is what's going to stop me from drinking so much. And, and it didn't. So I stopped drinking for the duration of running the marathon. But if anything, I sort of hit the booze harder. It was like, I was having to balance out the scales. So you'd go off and do like a 10 mile run and then I'd have a pint for each mile afterwards. And I tried to get sober after that marathon because I'd seen this different way of living, but I'd fallen off the wagon and again, and it got really bad really quickly. So I went to a friend's 40th in the countryside and that sort of ended in an assault basically, which I still find really difficult to sort of vocalize. And then but a few days after that, I, I just went out on the bank holiday weekend, even though I was supposed to be going away with my husband and daughter, I just left them in the house. And the most important thing to me was to get pissed, was to get out of it. Like nothing else mattered. And um, I just went AWOL on the night. Nothing, nothing terrible happened to me, but I sort of came to in a sort of near stranger's house at flat and to messages from my husband saying, where are you? This is this is this is not tenable anymore. Um, you know, you, you, you're making you're worrying us too much. And I was 37. I had a four year old daughter, and I sort of on paper had it all. You know, a uh, house in Clapham and a best selling book, and I was interviewing people like Prince Harry. But I was sort of dying inside. You know, you kind of think of Chris Evans as the I know back in the day the party boy. I just remember like he was like the wild child, and I'm sure there's lots of comparisons that you know he can kind of get Bryony to speak about things that she's very open. Her books are brilliant, but it's just nice seeing her interviewed by someone like a Chris Evans. Definitely, and I say to, when when I get messages on Twitter and stuff, and people say uh, I want to get into radio, what should I do? I always say buy his two books. Mm-hmm. Read his two autobiographies. Like in this autobiography, he talks about you know all the fast cars and all the money he had, but like he puts a radio clock, like a running order in the book. Like he sketches it in, and it's like nobody who's not into radio would be interested in this. Yeah. And it's just it's a fascinating insight into his life when he was in the 90s and I know I know that you love reading and stuff and I had to laugh when I was watching Arm a Celebrity because you mentioned um the lads at the deck that you'd read their books because I when I first when, when I first got the I'm a celeb job and I, I did five series of it I got their first book autobiography and read it before I went to Australia and I only met them in Australia and I remember them telling a story and like we're having drinks. I think it was like Aunt's birthday. And I knew all the stories. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then you're like, oh, no, this is so embarrassing. Like, I've read your life story. So, like, I know this. Look, it's so embarrassing when that happens. It, I it is. And this is why they say don't meet your heroes. And, you know, if we're saying Chris Evans is the best in radio and and, and Miles and so many others, but then you've got to think TV-wise, it's, it's mm. them guys, isn't it? Big you time. Know? 
they're the top of the game. And I used to watch them on SMTV. Everyone goes on about wonky donkey, but yeah. like chums and oh my uh, god, see the UK afterwards was a little bit cooler, but yeah, chums, all of it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And they used to do um, a sketch called Eminem Dale that people forget about, where Eminem yeah. would just come on and wreck the set. And they used to do the Vicar of Dribbly as well, where they yes! used to oh. spit water on each other and stuff. Oh, great. I love I love it. I love reminiscing on all that. Right. Back to podcasts. When did you, because I mentioned when you first started podcasting, you kind of said you weren't really into it. You just, you know, you kind of knew William and you said, let's do this thing. And we've got this idea. When did you start listening to podcasts? When did you kind of, what was the first podcast you listened to yourself going, oh, I'm good. I'm into this. So it, like I said, I probably started listening to him around about that 2008, 10, 11 period yeah. when it was pretty much just radio shows clipped yeah. up and put out onto these players, yeah, eye players, and it, that's kind of what it was. And then I started listening around about 2016, 17. I started listening to Desert Island Discs mm. and the Media Show, mm-hmm. which is a bit geeky, like proper Radio Four ones. But again, they were just Radio Four shows put on the iPlayer. So that was around about then. And then it, I'd say it's properly getting into them now is like 2018 when I started my own and then you start listening to others I'd say what the past couple of years it's just boomed hasn't it if everybody's got one I've seen a tweet that really made me laugh it's like in London you're only five meters away from a podcast recording <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think it's that far away to be honest every, <laughs> no every man and his dog's got one right? and you've you feel like when you tell someone you've got a podcast, you feel I like you get the they're eye rolling roll. their eyes. Yes, but they're not actually rolling their eyes. They're like, yeah. yes, I've got a podcast. Of course you have, hon. You've lived in London for two years. <laughs> what else are you going to do? <laughs> well, when I when I started doing this podcast a few years ago, I remember thinking, oh, God, what happens if like we run out of podcasts? I'm like, we're never going to run out of recommendations because there's so many new ones. Are you afraid that the podcast space will become too saturated? I think it it could do potentially, mm-hmm. but there's so many podcasts that have come out over the past couple of years and just think how many great and how many are popular and you still, even now, you'll get recommended one or you'll hear about one or there'll be a buzz around a podcast that only started six months ago. Well, it's it's almost like a new platform. As we're talking, Ida Bowman is on this series, and you know, obviously, she's radio legend. But she said she found there wasn't a space on radio for what she wanted to do, which was soundtracking and talking about music and films. And she knew she could get big artists on and big directors and really big names to talk about it. But there just wasn't a space, so she created her own space. So you know, as a broadcaster, this is not you waiting to get a job or to get that show like you had to do in Radio One. This is you just making what you want to make. And there's something really lovely and freeing in that. Yeah. And there's so many niches that are now mm. becoming mainstream. Mm. Like that, what Edith said. And I always think if Help I Sex My Boss were a podcast, I could imagine it being a, a weekly feature on the radio. But what yeah. would that be? Like three or four minutes a week? Okay. Whereas this is half an hour plus bonus. So, yeah. Where do you listen to podcasts normally? Because, you know, they can go from everything from being half an hour to two hour podcast. Like, would you listen to them, you know, traveling, sitting in the bath, at home, multitasking? What's your routine? So weird. I can't listen to them on a run. 
I remember Clara was on your podcast and I heard mm. her saying she listens to them on her own. Yeah. And then, but I love podcasting in the gym. So I listen to podcasting in the gym. Okay. I've got to have my tunes on for a run. Yeah. And then I just listen anytime. So when I'm doing my big clean, when I'm getting me in a mum mode on, I'm doing my clean round house and shouting at my housemate, get out of your shoes on. That kind of <laughs> thing. I've always got a podcast on then in the background. And I've got like a Bluetooth speaker in my room. And one in the kitchen, so I just bang it on when I'm cooking. But sometimes I feel guilty because I'm like, right, I should be listening to more radio or should be listening to like some new tunes that people have put forward to me or a new album. Yeah. But do you listen by yourself or do you listen with someone? Like, would you have it on that your housemates listening to, or is it a very personal experience? Very personal, yeah. I've never thought about that. I've never yeah. listened to Yeah, with anybody with else, someone. I don't think. I normally listen by myself occasionally if I'm driving somewhere and like mm. Ian or someone else is in the car we'll but then trying to decide on which one we both want to listen to is another <laughs> another dilemma it is a very personal thing and I feel I don't know if you, a lot of the podcasts you've mentioned it is like a conversation that you're you're eavesdropping on if that makes sense yeah that's exactly what it is it's, just, it's like radio you just you feel like you're the friends and you're part of the group and mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's like you're at a party and two mates having a deeper meaningful and you're just sitting on the settee next to them drinking they don't drink realize you're there yeah and listening in to that their conversation you're like oh fair one and every now and then you just chip in with you mm, yeah or, oh I get that and you just mm-hmm. carry on and that's what I love about them I've got my mum and dad into them as well how did you get because I it took me so long to tell my mum was like how do I listen to your podcast I'm like just go into the podcast app because I think people think it's more complicated than it is yeah. it's quite easy it's there if you're listening to it right now you found it congratulations but yeah people are a bit intimidated by podcasts yeah I know and it, they're so easy and once you unlock this mm. little world like my dad mm. loves his now he listens to all TED talks and everything does he oh, I love yeah, that yeah and, it, and it's like unlocked it my mum's she I mean I, I cringe at the thought of my mum and dad listening to help I set us in my boss they came to one of the <laughs> one of the shows actually and that was that was we we start off on the tour of a game of I have never Mm. and so if you, you stay standing if you've done one of these things and that was mortifying so yeah <laughs> it, the thought of them listening to mine I'm like oh god my mum's gonna wear this oh god is there a podcast you'd love to go on as a guest I'd love to go on table manners yeah well that's because you yeah. get fed just because you that's have why. like Lenny cooking you up a meal and Jesse were there like you have that's what I want yeah. to get fed <laughs> I'd just love to meet Lenny. I know Jesse's like ace, but I'd love to meet Lenny and I'd love to do it properly when you can go around the house and she's like, how are you, darling? Do you want to drink, darling? And she's just so nice and such a great mum and I'd love to go on that, I suppose. There's probably a few. What about yourself? Is there any that you'd love to go on? Oh, good. You're such, look at you. You're such a broadcaster turning the question back on me. I see it. Oh, I see sorry, what you're doing. I do that all the time. I think I have to do like something like a Desert Island Discs or something, like something old mm. school. Do you know? Yeah. I don't know how you'd, I've done a few times I've been asked for like, you know, the, your top five songs or the songs of your life for different things. And I think every time I get asked that question, I give different songs because I am mm. so changeable. So I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to do that. I think that would be my favorite or Oprah Winfrey's one, just so I could meet Oprah. Of course, yeah. There's so many. Everybody loves table manners. I bet you've had that a few times on it. Oh yeah. Well, that, again, the food thing. Any anyone's with like, you know, 
that I'll get fed or get something. That's why I feel like I was like, oh, my podcast, what am I giving people? I'm taking from them their recommendations while other mm. podcasts are giving people full meals. This is what yeah. you need to do to get the guests. <laughs> Give them food. But again, what a great idea of having someone round your house for tea and turning it into a podcast. And it's a conversation, isn't it? Yeah. They did one with Michael McIntyre and it is the funniest thing. So he said on that podcast, he went to Italy, right? Laura, you've got to try this. It's blown my mind. So he said on that podcast, he went to Italy and uh, the waitress said, would you like some dessert? And he said, yeah, I'll have some ice cream. And she said, he chose pistachio ice cream. And then she came out and poured some olive oil on his pistachio ice cream and he's like what what are you what what the what are you doing are you are he drunk and he obviously he's hilarious so it's a lot funnier than that and he said he tried this pistachio ice cream with olive oil and he was like oh my god he's, he was saying to him you've got to try this it's the best thing ever and i was listening to it at the time and thought don't be so dramatic anyway listened to it in the gym went and did a shop and i thought there's some i thought i'll get this pistachio ice cream <laughs> tried it that night oh my shit it is like a taste sensation Hold on, honestly really? oh my honestly and i heard it in that podcast you i love that you actually did it i love that you you know you were committed oh, it, it just get pistachio ice cream it it kind of works with vanillas and others, but it's got to be pistachio ice cream and olive oil, a good olive oil. Oh my God, honestly. In my, you... in my head, I'm imagining you in Tesco doing your shop where all these people are like, oh my God, it's Jordan from the jungle. It's Jordan from the jungle. <laughs> and they look in your baskets and there you are with your pistachio ice cream and your olive oil. Going, <laughs> he's he's changed. <laughs> what, what happened to Angel Delight, eh? It's all a show. It's I'm all an app. Yeah, you've got some more things in your basket. We actually had Jessie Ware on last series talking about her, her favourite recommendations. And it's so funny because she says, like, her Lenny is like the superstar now. She's like, what have mm. I created? <laughs> I know she's got cookbooks out and everything, but yeah, yeah Lenny's just great on it. She just don't give a give a damn does she so she says what she thinks you work with like one of your you know one of your really good mates William would you ever work with any of your family members any of your brothers would you do a podcast with oh there's an idea I don't know about working that close with family to be to be fair I love my family but I don't know if I want to work with them that's a great idea I wonder if I could get Wendy and Graham and mum and dad on get the the whole family on what would you do it about god I don't know what would I do it about I'm planting a seed now Jordan so yeah I'd like God. to get a commission on this. I'll get the yeah, there you go. I'll have to get it copyrighted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jordan North, thank you so much for joining me on Castaway and sharing your recommendations. And actually, you, you've injected some great new ones there as well to excite our listeners. So thank you and best of luck with everything. And in my head, I'm like, I might go and get pistachio ice cream now. I'm going to give the you, go. Honestly, you've got to try it. Wait, how much, oil, how much like oil are you putting on top of it? Just a drizzle? Just a yeah, a good drizzle, like, like a drizzle. tablespoon, a good portion of that. You've got to, and you can thank me later. Seriously. Not good for my arteries, but sure, we'll give it a go. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you. And thanks for having me. And that's it. Another episode down as we delve deep into my guest's audio world. I hope you get cast away by today's top podcast picks. Yeah, I just said that, sorry. All of the podcasts we've mentioned today are included in the episode show notes. Now, if you love this conversation as much as I did, please share your thoughts by leaving a review. And if you'd like to receive weekly installments of Cast Away delivered straight to your phone, hit the subscribe button. Until next time, that's it from me. Take care.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.